Nikola Jokic puts up a line that only Wilt Chamberlain could have come close to putting up. The Nuggets make sure to get back on track with a win. The bench continues to be a disaster, but the starters might have found something. Jamal wasn't feeling good. When's MBJ coming back? We got a lot to get to on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets. Your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making this your first listen. We appreciate you being part of our community, whether it's listening to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, or on YouTube, where you can join the show and hang out with lots of cool folks in the comment section after Every game, either in the morning or, in this case, the night of, as we record this on Sunday night after the Nuggets win over the Charlotte Hornets. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. That's prizepicks.com, promo code LOCKEDON. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DMVR, where you can catch the pre- and post-game show before and after every Denver Nuggets game, as well as every... Denver game from every do you guys have Mastodon Mammoth do you have Mammoth do you have do you have pre and post game Mammoth shows yet we don't not yet we do have Raptors which is the rugby team random enough yeah and and Rapids do you get we got Rapids Rapids, yeah we got Rapids we had Drew Moore in the studio for the World Cup final Rapids legend so we've had some cool Rapids stuff the last couple weeks I got to make sure I can get to a Rapids game this year, and I love going to those games. I got to make sure I go, go next year. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Nikola Jokic because he is a um, – sorry about the language. Trying to cut down on that. He was a fucking beast. He's an F-bomb. Just – I'm sorry. What am I supposed to say here? 40 points, 27 rebounds, yeah, crazy. 10 assists, 2 steals, plus 20. 13 to 20, he still shot 50% from the field, 13 to 26 from the field, 50%, two of four from three, 50%, 12 of 17 from the line, and I believe uh, 12 of 13 when the crowd was not chanting MVP. Um, <laughs> just, you know, look, <coughs> we, we've, we and I talk a lot about we're a bit. We're able to see the difference in games where Joker puts up numbers and the games where Joker absolutely dominates, and they're not always the same. Sometimes they are the same. They're not always the same. This one was was simply incredible from the perspective of the production. Um, I went through and tracked it because I thought it would be a, a much higher number of the twenty seven rebounds he collected. Um, only five of them were off of his own misses. Really? Yep. I went back. Wow. And looked. I That's checked. Crazy. It. So three, and how many of them were on that one possession? Like three on one possession? He had three on one possession, yes. Man. And that's one of the things that was crazy was like he 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 did, however, grab five rebounds out of his own misses. So those didn't end the position. So of the thir- of the 13 shots that he missed, five of them turned into another possession for the Nuggets. It's crazy. Bonkers. Um how do you feel about Joker's game tonight? Like, how did Joker's game make you feel tonight? I mean, it was awesome. Like, you have to enjoy these games along the way because they happen frequently. It's not like they never happen. I mean, he has these moments, these games, you know, every two weeks or so where you kind of sit back and go, holy cow. Um, but you have to enjoy him. I thought he was great. And 
there's clearly been a more aggressive mind frame out of him over the last, I don't know, couple weeks. I mean, his numbers in the last handful of games have been, you know, on the upswing, on the uptick. And this was a game when you just look at those rebounds, you look how physical and how much he demanded the ball. I mean, you also look at the 26 field goal attempts. That's a lot for Jokic. That's probably in his top five all time. I'd have to look it up, but um, you just look at those things and you realize like this guy has kind of sensed the team needs more out of him and kind of turned things up. No name is God comments on this. I thought it was kind of interesting. He says, <laughs> I love you believe he went off because and not towards the uh, bad calls from the refs. He was pissed. I thought- I thought he started off the game kind of like settling in and a little like he was doing the body language of like the, those kind of things off of misses and things like that. And then they, 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 he really thought that was a goaltend on the others Plumlee or or Richards blocked him. And after he got the tech and I was like, I I thought things were going off the rails. I was like, man, Joker might get ejected here. And then they're going to lose to the Hornets. Um, and instead, like, he just, like, decided, like, okay, fine, and just started demolishing them, just tore them absolutely apart. Like, I didn't even really, wasn't even, like, seeing the assist, because I was like, oh, it's a rebounds and, and um, it's a rebounds and, and scoring night. And then I look up, and he's got 10 assists and has a triple-double again. Like, I mean, the man had a 40-point triple-double with 27 boards. What, what is, what is that? <laughs> I know, man. These numbers are insane. I think you. I think it really might be something to that, though. That he, I mean, I don't know, got mad or wanted to make a point or something. Because I felt like in this last game against the Lakers, the officiating might have taken him out of the rhythm a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, might have been the opposite. So, um, for whatever reason, he definitely turned it up. Man, I'm surprised at this. How many games do you think he's had 26 or more field goal attempts? I'm actually surprised. I did not realize in his career. Yeah, in his career. I just looked it up. I don't know. Tell me. He has. This is his seventeenth game with at least twenty-six field goal attempts. Wow. Because I was going to say like, I yeah. was going to say like twenty-five. Three of those went to overtime. Now his most. I didn't realize this, but his most was last year against the Spurs when he took thirty-five field goal attempts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wild. Um. You know, in that first quarter, he had six points on six shots. He had nine rebounds. He he got he was on the 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 rebound thing early. Yeah. Right um, away right away and that made a lot of sense like this is a a team that leaves open a lot of like they're a very poor rebounding team i have a colleague over at action network joe delara who (laughs) he took over 12 assists over 14 assists over 15 assists over 16 assists over 19 or not assists over 16 rebounds over 19 and a half rebounds which is plus 1600 he hit all of the escalators wow um yeah good for joe shout out joe uh he's he's a really good dude too um but yeah like First half, like first quarter, he's got no assists. He had no assists in the first quarter. In the second quarter, he puts in two. So he has two assists at half, and he goes off for eight in the second half, and he still winds up with 40. He was also just like going, like drawing, drawing. I will say this, the 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 Hornets decided to try and play pretty physical between Plumlee and Richards. Like they were, they were, those guys are athletic. Him... Richard, like Plumlee, Richards, Kai Jones, those are three athletic dudes. And they were trying to combat him with like real, with like rim protection. And Joker's like, okay, then I'm just going to draw free throws on you like all night long. And he did like, he got, he got them all in, in, in foul trouble. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and there was like, there's a bunch of plays that were phenomenal. The outlet passes. KCP talked about that post game that led to a lot of it. 
Um, what was cool though, and we'll talk about this in the second segment about the the starters found something in the second quarter that's been missing the entire season. They found something that I've been wanting to see from them, and Joker was a, was honestly part of it. And it was just a, it was I mean it was an incredible performance from from Nicola. Like I thought, a lot of of Nugget starters played well, or several Nugget starters played well, but. It, you're, there's no way to to put them in the same stratosphere of what Nicola was able to accomplish tonight. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know, honestly know what else to say about him other than he also made his threes tonight, two of four at least. And after the game, he was asked about it. And Malone, first of all, talked about it after the game about that's what makes him unguardable. We've talked about this a lot about if he ever just shot forty percent from three, it it feels like it would take Denver's offense up a whole other level which, by the way, they're already almost passing Boston for the number one offense in the season. Um, but even he, Jokic, after the game, talked about how in warm-ups he always makes them, and in practice he always makes them. So he doesn't know why he misses them in games. I thought that was an interesting anecdote, though, that to him he has this confidence because he never misses them. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's something there to that. If you're listening to this podcast and you go to Nuggets Games at Ball Arena, when he's shooting free throws, don't chant MVP. Do not do it. Do not do there, it. You're no, there's no way you're going to get people to stop doing this, Matt. Oh, they're going to do it. I was just I, fair enough. I was just like commenting because it's hilarious because it was like they didn't chant and he hit it. And I looked back at Ryan Blackburn and then they started chanting. And I look back at Ryan Blackburn and Ryan's like guys head in his hands and he misses <laughs> and we just like start laughing. It's just really funny. What a it's weird like, thing, though. Like how many things he focuses through. He's got scars up and down his arms. He's shooting 60 percent from the pain anyway. And then, like, the chant gets him. <laughs> yeah, of all things. Like, the, the recognition of his greatness is what bothers him. Um, Joker, after the game, pretty prototypically was uh, demurring in his approach. You know, he he mentioned, like, well, they our defense played well, so they missed shots, and that's why I got rebounds, as if, like, you know, well, they missed a lot. That's the only reason I got them. Um, said he wasn't aware until coach told him at halftime that he had 20, 20 boards. Um wasn't aware of, of all the kind of stuff. Like he thinks it's cool. I, I tried to get him. I was going to ask a follow-up, but, but a lot of us had questions tonight. I asked him, I was like, are you proud of the performance? He's like, yeah, the numbers were good, but you know, honestly, like it's whatever. <laughs> um, well, I was trying to, I, well, I should follow up with this. Like, what were you proud of about your performance tonight? Cause that's what I really want to know is yeah. like, is like an easy answer here is like, well, look, I, I think, <laughs> you know, my stat line kind of reflects all the things that I can bring to the, to my team on the basketball court. That's an easy one. Right. Right. right? And that, like, that's, that's what I would kind of like to know is like, okay, you don't care about the numbers. So what are you proud of? Cause right. like, you know, he would, and sometimes he'll tell us of like, he'll be like, I don't think I played that well, even if he has great numbers. <laughs> right. And sometimes that's you know? true. It's not true tonight. Like tonight he played great. I do wonder, it would have been a great question, and I would have loved the response. I do wonder if part of what it was tonight, and I know this maybe leads us into segment two, they were without Jamal, Jamal's ability to be a running mate. And it's been for a couple games now, and I just wonder if that's what he's proud of, knowing, and I wonder how much the team kind of knew coming into this one that Jamal was going to be hobbled and less than his full self. And maybe Nicola knew that, and that's why he was so dang aggressive. Yeah, they really they they definitely picked up for him. We'll talk about Jamal's situation. We'll talk about what I saw from that that uh, the starting unit in the second quarter and what, what whether they can carry that forward. Uh, give some props to KCP and Bruce Brown. All that and more when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, I've got to tell you about Prize Picks. 
Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. You just pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times on any on your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people that have got rows and rows and models and all this stuff. It's just you versus the projections. They offer projections on any sport you watch, including NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, go Avs, college football, <laughs> men's college basketball, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, disc golf, Euro basket, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy, and they offer safe and fast withdrawals in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKED ON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. We're also brought to you today by Taro. Taro is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Taro, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. You can book an SUV or a minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck for personal errands, or even test drive an EV. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Taro.com. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being part of the community. Back here with Adam Mares after the Nuggets get a win versus the Hornets behind a monster Nikola Jokic game. But while Nikola definitely deserves the top billing and the second billing and the third billing, uh, I thought a lot of guys played really well tonight. In particular, I thought Kentavious Caldwell-Pope was phenomenal on both ends. Malone referred to this as one of their better defensive games. Malone was ultimately happy with the defensive effort given in this game. They gave up 35 in the final quarter, but they held the, the Hornets throughout the course of the 48 minutes to just 43% shooting, 32% from three, only gave up 12 threes. Um, did a pretty good job in terms of they only had three more turnovers. So that was, I think, a plus there. And a lot of those were in that that final quarter there. <laughs> um, I thought KCP was tremendous. But more than anything, this was the first night where in the second quarter, KCP, Bruce Brown, and, and Aaron Gordon were making defensive plays by attacking the offense defensively. Like they were getting them back on their heels and then using that to get out in transition and making highlight plays with their athleticism. That was like the model for what the Denver Nuggets wanted to do besides being built around Nikola. And they finally kind of showed it tonight. This was the, like I've been saying, like, look, you got to hold the players a little bit accountable for some of this stuff too. The players took it on. And KCP said this after the game. He's like, no one can make us do it. Like we have to do it. They committed and attacked defensively. And because in part they were facing a, a terrible Hornets team, but they were they did manage to show that they're capable of that. And we haven't seen that almost at all this season. I thought that was a really promising quarter stretch. I agree with everything you said, and I think it was a great point. The only thing I would put in there is I think that those guys, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, and KCP, they've actually been the best at this, I think, for most of the year. And it was great tonight. It was at a whole other level tonight. But like those guys have actually been some of the better, you know, more consistent attacking and then KCP even mentioned after the game that they kind of him Bruce Brown even Aaron Gordon have a thing where they kind of know if Yoka has the board you're flying because he's looking for you like he's he's looking for the outlet pass so this was an exceptional night from all three of those guys but to me this is what's interesting about tonight Jamal I thought had a bad game even though he had 11 assists and we'll talk about why here in a, in a minute 
Jokic had a phenomenal game. And then you had three just super steady guys, Gordon Brown and KCP. I thought we were all great tonight and like really, really good and really, really solid. And you just see, look at the numbers they all put up. Look at the plus minus, but even look at the numbers, 19 and 10 for Aaron Gordon, 16 and four from Bruce Brown on 7-11 shooting, 24 and five from KCP, four of nine from three. Like all of those guys just kind of fit perfectly into the roles that they had tonight. And I love your point about the transition because it looked um, natural tonight. Get stops, Jokic gets rebounds, fast break the other way. And there just was a lot of those highlight plays tonight from that group. Yeah, it was, it was really impressive. So after the game, uh, hold on, hold on. I want to know real quick. Are you, before you get to the Murray part, are you more impressed with KCP than you were of Bruce and, and AG tonight? I thought, I thought KCP played awesome, but he has been like a guy making those kind of plays. I thought that the tenor and the intensity is kind of what I was getting at. Like yeah. those guys have made some plays and have been better, but they really attacked. I thought this is Bruce Brown's best game since the beginning of the season. He's the one I thought you were going to go to. Yeah. And like, I, I want to credit KCP because I thought KCP was even better. Like I thought, yeah. I thought KCP was so good, but KCP, like you mentioned, like the bar has been high. Yeah. Bruce Brown, we've seen have some pretty bad games and he was, he was, he was really good on both ends. He was great in transition attacking. Like he was getting his head down and attacking and transition and finishing, um, you know, got, he missed some shots early and then started hitting and like hit knocked down the three, like, uh, phenomenal Bruce Brown game. Somebody mentioned in the comments, great to see the, the plus 18 for Bruce Brown. Yeah, he was, he was great tonight, man. Starters were great. Honestly, the plus minus is almost undersells. It's kind of wild that yoke was a plus 20 only. Cause it kind of felt like even more than that. I think at the fourth quarter, the very end of the fourth quarter, actually Denver, Denver went up like eight or nine points with a minute and a half to go. And they somehow only won by what four or so they kind of blew the game was actually, I think that plus minus was actually better than what it appears. Uh, the bench dragged him down. I think in the first quarter was part of it. And maybe the third, when they started doing the, the bench rotations in with him, they lost a few points <laughs> plus minus is probably why like the well, starters plus minus is, is probably higher. Like I think. Just them yeah, as a unit or whatever, but mm -hmm. I'm even looking at this, like what happened in the very final minutes. Cause I thought Denver was up significantly more than that. I mean, they were up one sixteen, one eleven with 34 seconds. I guess maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on this. Let's. Uh, I just thought they were up by even more. Let's talk about Jamal. So after the game, Jamal was was sore, is what Malone said. That he he was feeling a little sore, and they said like, "Well, let's see how it goes." He decides to play. He doesn't look great, and he and then like the first time out, Malone pulls him over and is talking to him, and he's like, "It's okay." And Jamal tells him, "No, I want to push through this." <laughs> right so like somebody saying 555 ish here says if murray's hurt like malone said in his interviews why not sit him and let him recover we act like he isn't coming off major injury but we still need to monitor his health uh, this is where i'm sorry i will just keep coming back to this guys this is the nba the jamal makes 35 million dollars a year jamal gets a, gets a huge say he doesn't get like all of the say but... oh you're right that these are almost yeah yeah, this is Jamal's call. Like, Jamal gets to make that call. He has yeah. soreness. Like, it's not a structural problem. Nothing's wrong. He would be able to, he would know if something was wrong. Jamal was sore. And Jamal's going to be sore. Jamal is going to experience knee soreness probably for the rest of his career. That's, that's life in the NBA. Especially after you have major surgery. Like, that's why these guys are always iced up after the games and in-game. Like 
it's this game is hard on you and Jamal gets to make that decision about trying to push through. And this is part of that process. And they were going to be like, this wasn't going to be linear where Jamal gets better and better and better and better and better and better game by game by game. He may get better in 10 game stretches. He he had 10 really good games, right? He's had a couple of bad ones. Been a a couple steps forward, a couple steps back with him so far. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think honestly to be expected, it's about where are you at the end of the year? Like you can only, re- you can only really judge Jamal Murray. I think when you get to the end of the season, he's not a guy. I think you can, and we can talk about how he's playing right now. That's fair. And Jamal's choosing to be out there. So Jamal didn't play well. Like Jamal struggled. Jamal hasn't been good lately, but that's, I think related to the overall process of his return. And the mental part of the sports at this level, I think, are an underrated aspect of all of this. And when I say mental, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can interpret mental, but I mean the mental toughness part of it. (laughs) When Michael Porter at Media Day was asked about the summer and some of his training and what he's been doing, books he's been reading or what have you, he talked about managing like the way you think about things and how you deal with pain and different things like that. And I do feel like that's part of your recovery as an athlete of Hey, I'm going to feel pain. Can I play through it? Like learning how to play through discomfort is actually a part of being an all-time great player. So I imagine that some of why Jamal Murray is playing through this, if there's not a risk to further injury, part of this is probably because it's like, I have to relearn how to play through pain. Like that's just part of this is how you push yourself when you're tired, how you push yourself when you're hurt and coming back. So I imagine that's a part of it. You know what's been surprising I actually think, honestly, he's been better defensively than I would have expected given his condition. Mm. Like there were some, he had some, he had a really great closeout tonight. He had a couple of sequences where that were really good defensively, which is like, it's him giving that level of effort when you're not a hundred percent is impressive. Like that's, that is the Jamal that we kind of knew. Um, Hey, well, hold on one more thing on this. I actually think the last few games, yo, uh, Murray has been, you know, passive. And I wonder how much of that is by design. Because I think he's been playing a facilitator role, probably knowing he doesn't have the, he's hurting. So how can I be effective without necessarily pushing myself physically as a scorer? He's had a lot of assists lately. And I think, I wonder if he's just playing like Monte instead of like Jamal. That's interesting. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, so I, I think ultimately with, with Murray, you know, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the next game. Like, that wouldn't surprise me if he missed the, the Memphis John game. John Morant's a hard one to cover if you're not fully yeah. healthy. Yeah. Um, John yeah. Morant, by the way, big Denver Nuggets fan. Commenting on Bones last time and commenting on Yoke tonight. He's watching the Nugs. John's a league pass fiend. He loves he, – he, he's always <laughs> watching games, which is cool. I think that's Do they cool play to tomorrow? Because they didn't play tonight. So, do they play tomorrow? Are they on back nope. to back? Nope. They had a, they've had a couple days off. So they played Saturday and they don't play till Tuesday when they play take on Denver. Yeah. Um, you want to take a break and then we'll talk about the whole bench disaster? <laughs> Let's do it. All stay right. Stay tuned, folks. Well, stay tuned and we'll talk once more about why the bench is bad. We'll do that when we come back on Locked on Nuggets. First, I need to tell you about ExpressVPN. So we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, but here's the thing you don't know. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located, so you can choose from almost 100 different countries and imagine all the different libraries that you get to go through. 
You can use ExpressVPN to see all sorts of cool stuff across any streaming service. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. There's no other buffering or any lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN works on all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on expressvpn.com slash locked on to learn more. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Welcome back to Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day and your first listen. Make sure your second listen is Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. So, if Nikola Jokic was a plus 20, and the Nuggets won by four, and Nikola played 40 minutes, I am not a math genius, Adam Mares. But that means in the eight minutes that he did not play, the bench was a minus 16. That's rough, man. Uh, okay. Malone, so- hey, to Malone's credit. So Malone in the pregame said, basically, we just have to find a way to get a win tonight, no matter what it is. I kind of felt like he was always going to have a quick hook tonight with that second unit. And then they made it easy on him. Yep. Yep. Uh, you joked at, at uh, halftime. You're like, Malone finally found the answer for the bench unit. Don't play them. Um, so uh, I want to make a couple of things here because I get, I get put in boxes and I don't appreciate it. Uh, I said after, let's see the wizards game. Was that the game? Yes. The wizards game. I said in the wizards game that Deandre Jordan was bad. I said after the Lakers game, that Deandre Jordan was bad tonight. Deandre Jordan was bad. This is three straight game games where I think Deandre Jordan has been the player that most were concerned that he was including myself. I will note when they signed him to the contract a minimum contract straight out free agency this summer. Uh, DJ has been bad. The bench is bleeding minutes. Uh, there is nothing that should be off the table. They should try Zeke Naji at center because it cannot be worse than minus 16 in eight minutes. It just can't be. Malone, so by the way, Malone did experiment tonight. I mean, the unit he threw out to in that second quarter was a lineup I don't believe has played this year. Vladko Chanchar, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan trio. I don't think we'd seen that one. Uh, and also I want to note this. One of the reasons why it came off the rails so quickly, he went to the all bench lineup and I was like, why is he going to an all bench lineup? And then he realized later it's because Jamal's hurt and he doesn't want to put too many minutes on Jamal when he's got a bad knee. He can't put MPJ in to stabilize it and he can't put Jamal in because Jamal needs to not play that as many minutes. So that goes back to like the the whole that's like part of the whole construction because when he was like when he put all five bench guys and i was like what what do you think is gonna happen here um and so apparently that lineup had played two minutes together so it wasn't their first minutes but they had hey i will say this christian brown doesn't get put back in the in the doghouse after the Lakers game yeah he stays in he returns right back, so that's like a plus to feel good he's about. He's in a big shooting slump, by the way. I mean, he's in a little bit of a slump over the last, I don't know, eight games or so. Can I ask you a question with the bench unit? Go for it. Why does Jamal Murray so, – Jamal? I don't know. i got to look up the numbers. Here's my thing. Okay, If, if DJ is on the floor, and you can say the DJ should be on the floor, fine. I already admitted that. Get Granted that point. If DJ is on the floor, 
I don't understand why they're not running high pick and roll with him every single time. A lot of these possessions are either DHOs with, with DJ, which they do not run correctly, whether that's on DeAndre or the guard or both. And the best way for them to be able to get the defense out of position and moving is for them to use DeAndre's size and the guard's quickness to create space and separation. So I do not understand why I'm watching Jamal Murray isolate and calling off or post up and then Bones doing the Bones things, ISO 35-footers and taking on three defenders. Like, why not? Like, the one thing, DeAndre Jordan can literally do three things. He can set a screen. He can rebound. He didn't tonight. Again, bad. Uh, and he can finish lobs. That's it. That's all for DeAndre, right? So, yeah. like, I'm not saying that, like, DeAndre is a huge weapon. I'm saying the threat of a giant person like DeAndre Jordan setting a screen is probably something that Jamal and Bones need in trying to run something that resembles an actual offense. I don't know why the bench plays the way they do, to be honest with you. I mean, it seems by design, be based on how much they do it. I was following your timeline tonight. Like Bones had a really bad game and he's he's been on a really bad stretch. I thought one thing I thought was unfair, he took a two for one that was designed in both instances yeah. with like 30 seconds left. And you, yeah. you said something like Bones jacks a three, then jacks another one. I mean, it was by design. They no, ran I, said, a I, said it was a I said in the tweet, it was a two for one. It was a two for one and he missed both of them. And both of them look like, I mean, they're not great shots, but most two for ones aren't great shots, Matt, to be honest with you. Most of the time, I'm pulling up the tweet. One. It, was fine. it was a two for one. It was a two for one. Um, but it was like three possessions in a row in which he kind of like nobody touched the ball except for bones. And they play like that a lot. And I've always said that when bones gets out there with Nicola, he plays differently. And so when I watch that, and then to your point about Jamal, I mean, Jamal just didn't have it tonight, but in the moments he was with the bench, same thing. I just felt like he wasn't helping. It wasn't like he wasn't doing something to kind of get them going. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's by design that they play that way or if it's like, uh, you know, players going rogue, but it sure looks like they run either the Jeff Green ISO play or they run the bones kind of like take a bunch of screens and try to get to the rim, try to get downhill or pull up from a deep three. And it just doesn't work. In fact, not only does it not work, it falls, it collapses pretty quickly. Um. So I think that to me is like part of this is like they I they need to find easier offense, right? Like they just it needs to be easier for them. I don't feel like they believe in whatever it is they're doing. Like they actually, you kind of need a belief tonight. They yeah. played like a team that didn't believe that they were going to get. Like Malone was like calling guys off of screens and like and choosing to post up an ISO and like it wasn't going anywhere. And and the, this is part of it is like. The best option is not for Bones Highland and Jamal Murray to be trying to isolate and dribble and like Bones doing five different spin moves for a shot that eventually gets blocked. Um, I, I will say this though, too Christian Bones, Christian Brown, Vlatko, Jeff, DeAndre that's a rough lineup for spacing. Like, if you're going to play that lineup out there, you probably want a strategy of something different than try to get Bones going downhill because. There's just a lot of people to slack off on uh, on that lineup. Yeah, maybe that helps with it with MPJ, right? Like maybe that's like where like, I think so. Honestly, I actually this is one of my takes. I think Bones is hurt the most by MPJ's absence. The starters they can just adjust, but I do think Porter adds something to that second unit that opens things up. Um, yeah, I want to be clear. I, I, I gotta find that tweet, but I really didn't know. Like that one was fine. Like he was, it was a two for one. I get it. He was just trying to generate the two for one. That's fine. But it was um, three possessions in a row where like nobody else touched the ball. 
Yeah. Um, and like, I, I think for me, it's that I just, I want to see them be able to generate easy offense. And I think that we're at a push pull point of you feel it's the surrounding talent and the spacing. And I feel it's the guards and ability to put, to leverage the defense. And I think we'll kind of see how, if that, which is true when MPJ comes back, because if MPJ comes back and they're generating spacing and getting defenses moving, but I don't think that Jamal just simply Jamal should be running pick and roll with Deandre. It just, if Deandre, like, again, this is, this is honestly where everyone's like with the Zeke thing. This is why this is a stick in my craw is I'm just like, but Zeke's not going to set a screen that actually gets any sort of separation. He's going to slip and there's going to be two on ball and Jamal's not going to be able to make that pass underneath the Zeke for a dunk and nothing's going to come of it. Or Zeke's going to pop and there's still going to be pressure on the ball. And I don't know that anything's going to happen. Like that's my like resistance with Zeke as the five, as a four, I think he should play. I honestly think they should probably play him over Jeff green. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think that's, I don't think there's any magic bullet to that second unit at the moment. Um, they probably need a little bit more of a refined identity and Malone trying some crazy lineups tonight. To me, the only concerning thing is you would think that Zeke is less of a hail Mary than Vladko at three next to Jeff and DeAndre. To me, that one seems like more of a outside the box combination than just trying Zeke in any, any spot in any capacity, even at the three, to be honest with you. So it they tried the AG lineup in the against the Lakers and they got it got annihilated. Now I like the idea of the AG at five combo. But this is what I I'm like saying. It's like it, it Malone's Malone is trying things. That's the thing, is he actually yeah. is trying stuff. And it's just crazy that Zeke is so far down the list of things to try that he's not even making it in just, just here yet. So we'll see. Malone honestly, here's my thing about Malone. I honestly think they did not have he they didn't have a practice, they didn't have shoot around. I don't think they had a game plan for tonight. I think this was a Let's just get through it, sleep in our own beds, and tomorrow the coaching staff will come together and try to figure out what the next step is for that second unit. Um, can I make a, a Malone comment? Sure. This is the first time I think I've ever I have seen him since they he got here that I think he's questioning himself. And it's not just like you can have the right read on tonight and just being like, Look, we spent the night in LA. Yeah. We didn't have time. They had the night off. We're just playing out the game. We'll see. You could be right on that. But even then, his con the course of his commentary over the past three weeks at the games I've been to indicates to me a sense of frustration at the point of like, and I'll say this about Malone. There are coaches that will continuously blame the players. Like that's what they do is they'll just be like, look, my guy's got to do the job. Like that's what they're paid to do. Malone has been like very open about like, like, and he gave a very impassioned answer to me tonight about this, about like, I have to figure like, this is on me. Like he talked about the bench and he's like, I have to figure this out. This is on me because I, you know, I was like, my, what I was trying to give him an opportunity to do was basically to say like, do you need another, like, do they need to make a deal to add somebody? He wouldn't say that. He has before. He, I, he, I do think that you're right, though, that tonight, that was one of the big notes from tonight being at the arena, was that Malone was trying to shoulder some of the blame, whether earnestly or just as a, like, I'm trying everything or, you know, whatever. But tonight he really did seem at a place where he's like, 
we got to like look at everything, including me and my decision making. Yeah. As, as like, how do we figure this out? The defense and the bench. And he's really talking about the defense, but we know those two things are connected. Sorry, I just love this joke from Hurricane. The beatings, parentheses, boogie takes, will continue until morale, the bench performance, improves. I like that. Um, but yeah, like, I see a coach that's really, that doesn't, that doesn't understand. He was really emphatic about this, about you cannot tell me that with this roster, this should be the worst defense that I've had in Denver. Right, yep. Like that's like, uh, <clears throat> let me, let me put it this way. I watch all these other press conferences with all these other coaches. I've seen a lot of this stuff and I've seen coaches be like, well, that's going to be on them or, and I've seen them honestly be like, look, it's a long season. Maybe our guys are settling in. We got to do better. Blah, 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 blah. Like Malone on the other hand is like, this is, this is like an existential crisis for him that they're this bad defensively. It does feel like that for him for sure. And that's why he's not like just lashing out. He's also like turning it on himself. Like I see a coach that's genuinely like, why can't I get them to commit? And they did tonight. And you could tell that he was like off of the ledge a little bit about it and was yeah. able to be like, okay, you know, all right, now let's work on the bench. Like if we can, you know, if we can get good energy, then they can go there um, and, and do that. So I think this is all kind of the, the thing. Um, can I ask you, I want to ask you this question because this is how I get in the comments and you know that I over-respond and hyperbolize the other way to commentary. Is DeAndre as bad as people make him out to be? Because I don't, like tonight he was hor he was terrible. Left, like gave up the offensive rebound, bobbled that pass out of bounds. But like, I don't know how you watch the bench and are just like, it's DeAndre. Like, I think that the whole, like everybody but Christian was bad on the bench. <clears throat> I think, um, there's one thing about when you say as a player, good or bad, it's a lot oftentimes like, are they making mistakes or are they not? Are they doing things like making baskets, you know, positive things, or are they not? I think with DeAndre, it's more about like, does he have an impact doing the things that he does well every game? And I don't think he does like that. That's the thing. So it's like tonight, tonight, I thought he was kind of bad, like you said, but not that bad. Honestly, like tonight, I don't think he was that bad. It's just, is it impactful? The things he's doing. And, so sometimes, think, so and sometimes even, that's because of a bad second unit is maybe not putting him in position to do the things that he's good at. But so having, go ahead. having more, having players with more pluses and minuses, like on more extreme ranges might be better than having like players that are just like solidly minus two, minus four. Some of this is just about the nature of centers, to be honest with you, and the nature of the center position. If you're not doing the things that are impactful for a center, rebounding blocking shots and rolling hard to the women. If those things are not happening for the unit that you're out there, then you're probably a negative in the other areas. Even when you're having a good game, you're a negative. Like even Jokic is a negative in certain areas. So if he's not passing, rebounding, scoring all those things, then it's a negative. So to me, it's more that with DeAndre, not so much. Did he play well? Did he not play well? It's, is he effective? Is he not effective? Okay. Um, all right, so I before we get out of here, I want to make like a league-wide comment. Uh, so <sighs> Oklahoma City was without Shea Gilders-Alexander and Josh Giddy on Saturday night. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies. The Orlando Magic knocked off the Boston Celtics, who just rampage through everybody until the Warriors game. And the Magic just beat them in back-to-back -back games. Wait, they the, beat them twice? Yeah, they beat they beat them Friday with Tatum and tonight without him in Boston. They beat him tonight as well. Oh my yes, God. no Tatum tonight. 
Unbelievable. Um, How'd Bull Bull do tonight? Did he take over? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me Bull Bull Damn dominated. Uh, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota is without Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. They put up 150 on the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> the league right now is in a abs- – the Rockets just knocked off the Suns. The league right now is in an absolutely baffling place. Even relative to my usual, like, weird stuff happens on a night-to-night basis, there is just, like, a lot of any given night energy in the NBA right now. Yeah. And there's not a lot of invulnerability. So I, I say that to try and get Nuggets fans a little bit. I did think about this because I look, I have been like on the show, I've been like screaming about the defense and the effort. The Nuggets are not necessarily as much as I'm like, they're not a contender. There's a lot of teams that are doing the same kind of stuff night to night that are having these performances night to night. And you have time to like get there. There's four teams in the NBA with a better record than Denver. Yeah. Four. Bucks, Celtics, Cavs, and Grizzlies. Who, by the way, so tomorrow night, you get a a really good game. Milwaukee at New Orleans. That should be a really good game. But I suspect Milwaukee will win that one. We'll see. Um, If that's the case, Tuesday's night's game, which is on TNT, by the way, Grizzlies at Nuggets, that would be for number one in the Western Conference. So there's a really good chance that Tuesday's game is for sole possession of number one in the West, which would be wild. We'll be back on Tuesday with another show. On Tuesday's show, to preview it for you, because we couldn't get to it tonight, a couple things on tap. We're going to preview the Memphis game. Big game. TNT game. Late start. Woohoo! Is it a late start? My God. 8 o'clock. We're going to talk about the Toronto Raptors, who are in the midst of an absolute (laughs) tailspin. And I'm sure that Adam... Uh, is going to have some ideas about people that they that he thinks that they should trade for. Perhaps I don't know if they will be able to. But yes, perhaps perhaps old gangsters of the type. Um, and and you're not going to believe it. Adam is the one that wants to talk about MVP. Not me for once. Adam Mares wants no, to talk. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about who wins it. I, it's a different kind of MVP. He wants to talk about Nikola Jokic's uh, MVP chances. We will talk about all that and more on Sunday's show. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Hope you guys have yourselves a great week. Uh, hope you guys are safe and healthy. If you're traveling for the holidays, make sure to be safe. Uh, stay warm this week. It's going to get absolutely frigid in Colorado. Make sure to follow Adam on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares and check out all the great stuff at DMVR. Download the Action Network app for me. Support me. Rate, review, subscribe. Leave us a comment. Do all that great stuff. We appreciate you guys so much for being a part of the community. We'll talk to you again Tuesday morning with another edition of Locked on Nuggets.